Hello, welcome to 1000 Words, Stories on the Way. My name is Matthew Clark. I really appreciate you stopping by today. Um, Just quickly, I just released a new song last Friday. It's called You Belong, and it's from an upcoming album called A Tale of Two Trees. And that album releases on June 2nd. Actually, it's an album of songs, but it's also, uh, there's a book that goes with it book of essays. So if you haven't heard the single already, I'm going to share that song at the end of this episode because I think that it fits um, with what what I'm going to be talking about, which is our need for encouragement. Deliberate expressions of blessing and encouragement are absolutely necessary for human flourishing. God has made us this way, but when that encouragement has been withheld, or whether well-meaning or not, we've been mainly handed criticism, our hearts withdraw. Um, they sort of collapse within us. Uh, we may begin to see ourselves not as a blessed presence in the world, able to communicate blessing to others, but as a burden and a detriment. I'm very uncomfortable with it, but I'd like to practice and get better at being deliberately encouraging by actually saying out loud the good things that I see in other people. Um, Weirdly, that can feel really dangerous. But in this kingdom of servanthood Jesus is building, no one fills their own glass. We need each other. So, here is this week's essay, Encouragement. Saying the good things. I used to call myself a detrimentalist. I was half joking, but the truth is, for almost as long as I can remember, I've had a nearly constant underlying sense that any idea I had was a bad idea and any endeavor I thought worth trying would inevitably fail. Doesn't that sound dramatic? (laughs) Maybe so, but that feeling of detrimentalism, that on some level any move I make would be ruinous, or that somehow my very presence in the world was a problem, uh, that has been haunting and persistent. Thankfully. I was also born with an innate stubbornness. If I cared about something enough, I'd typically press on, even though everything in me felt certain it wouldn't work out. Needless to say, in my life, uh, that pattern has been one of being particularly vulnerable to discouragement. Discouragement feels, in many ways, like the most natural, normal state. My stubbornness of mind enabled me to keep going, even as my heart was convinced of failure. And the inability to reconcile my heart with my mind uh, has often worn me out. A lot of writers for a long time have made a distinction between the mind and the heart. 
Uh, and more lately, I have gotten into the work of a particular fellow by the name of Dr. Jim Wilder. He's a theologian as well as a neurologist. And many of his insights into how God has designed the brain and the body to be in union with mind and spirit have been both fascinating and really helpful to me the last six months. Wilder says that the heart stores up relational experience, while the mind specializes in intellectual data. There's a kind of dissonance that makes peace impossible within us when what we believe to be true intellectually can't be reconciled with our experiences relationally. In contrast, we do have peace within our bodies and brains when what is relational experience and what ought to be intellectual beliefs agree with each other. But how to reconcile them? I think loving encouragement is key. And Wilder demonstrates this with a story from his own life. He couldn't figure out why he avoided church during Holy Week, particularly Good Friday. He was an adult missionary kid. He had completed seminary. He was a committed Christian. But there was something about the crucifixion of Jesus that repelled him. As he prayed and asked for insight, he began to remember an early childhood memory. He was around five, and he had been taken by his missionary parents to a revival. Multiple preachers had been lined up to preach, and in their fervor, each one sort of ratcheted up the next, until they seemed to be trying to outdo the prior preacher in their passion particularly in their descriptions of the gruesomeness and horror of the crucifixion. And finally, one of the preachers, caught up in the momentum, drove his point home with special intensity, exclaiming as he glared at the crowd, You killed Jesus! Your sin nailed him to that cross! Wilder explains, that the neurology of a developing child doesn't acquire the capacity to differentiate between reality and imagination, literalism and hyperbole, plain speech and figurative language, until about age 12. This is why scary movies are particularly scary to children under 12, because their brains have not yet gained the capacity to distinguish between what's real life and what's just a movie. So when the preacher said, you killed Jesus, five-year-old Jim Wilder took it literally. That experience then moved in and became a permanent fixture in his heart, the seat of relational experience. Ever since, and even though he knew better intellectually, his heart believed that his badness was stronger than Jesus' goodness. It was only later, as he sought healing in this area, that Jim experienced Jesus telling him that he was not in fact a threat or detrimental to God. Jesus had gladly gone to the cross for him and stayed there out of love for that little five-year-old boy. Sin had not held him there. 
love had. That preacher, in his passion to drive home a point, had trespassed, unwittingly laying a burden on a little boy that even a full-grown man could never be expected to carry. Interesting, isn't it? Interesting how our hearts get broken. How the courage can be drained right out of them, while at the same time, our minds are doing their best to pick up the slack, only to get more and more exhausted. Jim Wilder's mind had been to seminary, but his heart was still in many ways that of a guilt-tripped five-year-old. Until, as an adult, he asked the Lord to give a better word to that part of himself that couldn't bear to face a crucified Jesus. Jesus transformed Good Friday from a burden to a gift. Jesus said, You didn't take my life from me. I offered it up for you because I wanted to, because you are so dear to me. You're not a burden to me or a threat. No. The truth is I delight in you. I was more than glad to travel into suffering and danger to extract you from the grip of sorrow and death. What an encouragement! (laughs) When discouragement feels like the most natural state, it may be that we've absorbed and internalized some lie about ourselves. Even today, Even this very week, I'm fighting against those places in me that have been so deeply burdened by discouragement, by discouragement given or by encouragement that was withheld. We'd like to think we don't need each other, especially if we've been hurt. And we may assume that other people don't need us that our presence is not that important. Both are untrue. I need your encouragement, and you need mine. I need your gifts, and you need mine. Of course, there are times for healthy correction and unpleasant honesty if we're going to grow at all. We can't say or listen exclusively to things that make us feel good. But I'd bet most of us are more or less aware of our shortcomings, and we're in need of more encouragement than not. In other words, I don't think you need to worry that giving encouragement will endanger the recipient. If you're worried about that, then it's very likely you've withheld a precious resource from them quite long enough, and I'd be willing to guess that it was withheld from you. Which brings me to this. Say the good things. Say them. Say them out loud to someone. Look for goodness and celebrate it. Make a big fuss about it. If you see something good in someone, get over the awkwardness, by which I mean embrace it, and tell them what you like about them. Sometimes we experience discouragement Like a rock, someone drops on our chest. And other times we suffer from a void, a negation, 
from a form of starvation as love and good things are withheld. They simply go unsaid. If you're like me, and late to the game, to express love and encouragement will be a skill you haven't learned. You'll feel like you aren't good at it. You don't know how to do it. Let me encourage you. You can do it. You have good things to give. You have the power to bless, to affirm, to help others see and sense their own loveliness and worth. You can look them in the eyes and say a good thing. You can pronounce a benediction, and you can call out of them goodness. The goodness that Jesus gladly died in order to raise up from the ash heap of shame. Look, I'm writing this for my own sake, too. As one with a tendency toward detrimentalism, I know what a relief a few drops of deliberate, albeit awkward, encouragement can be. As we walk along this pilgrim way together, we are given into each other's hands. And our hands are given the power to touch and bless our companions as we smile upon them and speak aloud the good things, the better words that Christ died to assure us are, in fact, true. To close us out this week, I'd love to share the latest single off my upcoming album, A Tale of Two Trees. Um, This song is a reminder for those times that we forget how much we've been loved by Jesus. It's something to listen to again and again that Jesus came looking for us on purpose because he wanted to be with us. And that's still true, even if the feelings, even if the feelings, you know, come and go. So here is You Belong. Wait, wait before you give up. When you feel like you're a stranger And you can't find a friend Well, you belong To someone who loves you You belong To someone who loves you You belong, you belong You were made to belong To someone who So
like it is Hope tends to slip through your fist But the truth is the truth Though the whole world tell lies You belong Okay, thanks so much for listening. I've got another single coming out on May 19th, so stay tuned for that. Um, hang in there, beloved ones. Your life really is precious and beautiful, and your presence in the world is a blessing. But you don't have to just take my word for it. That is the word spoken from the cross by God himself. So hang on to that. Um, and I will see you next time on 1000 Words.